real quickly. And I want you to repeat this after me. Lord, prepare my heart for everything you want me to receive this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And you can continue standing as we read the Word of God this morning. And we're going to be reading verses 20 and 21 in the NIV, and it should be up on the screen for you. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. You may be seated this morning. I've read this chapter about David's mighty men many times, but I never noticed this particular story in that chapter until I read the book In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. And uh, this book has changed my life. This book has been an inspiration to me, and it's been very encouraging and challenging to me over the last several months. And there are some amazing things about the story of Benaiah that I want to pull out for you this morning, and hopefully it will be helpful to you. First of all, this scene that I talked about is straight out of a Hollywood movie. We've got Benaiah, this mighty warrior, staring down a lion. Then he goes into a pit, chases it down and kills it. Then we switch the scene and, he, and he's fighting an Egyptian warrior. He only has a club and he takes the spear from this Egyptian's hand, takes it from him and kills him with his own weapon. That would make an amazing movie. And I want to hone in on the sentence that, said, he, that says he also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. Does the Bible say what I think it just said? This cat, Benaiah, looked a lion face to face and didn't run, but he chased it down into a pit. And on top of that, it was snowing that day. And he killed that lion. I think we're going to be able to learn some things this morning from Benaiah. Everybody say Benaiah. By the end of this message, I want you to be familiar, if you're not, with the character, Benaiah. Benaiah was one of David's mighty men. The mighty men were the elite warriors in David's army. In fact, the Bible says that there were only 37 mighty men in David's army. We could liken the mighty men to SEAL Team 6, the, the military unit that uh, uh, killed bin Laden a few months ago. They were the best of the best Warriors. They were the elite warriors in Israel's army. Benaiah was a lion chaser. Everyone say lion chaser. And out of the 37 mighty men, Benaiah was highlighted for some incredible things that he did. I don't know about you, but the title lion chaser sounds good to be on your resume, right? You know, I went to college. I graduated from college. I got my business degree. I've uh, accomplished a lot uh, at, at my job. And oh, by the way, I killed a lion on a snowy day in a pit. I chased it down and killed it. I would love for that to be on my resume. Being a lion chaser definitely gives you man points. I mean, 
nobody, I mean, if you say, I killed a lion, that's ultimate man points forever, is it not? Lions are the king of the jungle. You don't mess with lions. Lions weigh between three and five hundred pounds and can be ten feet long. It is said that a lion's roar can be heard for miles. For miles. I've heard different things on this, but it's said that a lion can run between 30 and 50 miles per hour and can jump 30 feet across and 12 feet high. Michael Jordan doesn't have anything on a lion. When Benaiah saw the lion, he could have and probably should have run. But he didn't. He chased that lion down into a pit and killed it. People who embrace difficult circumstances aren't free of fear. I'm pretty sure Benaiah was afraid when him and that lion were looking at each other face to face. It's natural when faced with difficult situations to be afraid. I hate it when preachers preach messages that are unrealistic to the listeners. They, they act like you shouldn't fear anything, you know, but we're human. We do fear. But it's what you do with the fear that matters. And I think it's unrealistic to think that we're going to go through life without having some fears, without having some struggles, without having some issues without having some ups and downs. Some of you have been put into some difficult circumstances recently and you find yourself afraid. What are the lions that you have had to face recently? What are the, let's, let's personalize this. What are some lions that you've had to face in your life recently? How about choosing whether to surrender to God's purpose for your life or not? It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. You know God has called you to do some things with your life, but you're scared. You're afraid. You think about all the reasons why you can't do what God is calling you to do. And I'm not talking about packing your bags and going to Africa. I'm talking about going to the office on Monday morning and starting a Bible study or talking to your friends about your relationship with Jesus. I'm talking practical. Maybe some of you, God is calling to go to Africa. But I'm I'm wanting to bring it home this morning. You might think you're too old or too young. You might think that if you shared your dream, everyone will laugh at you. Maybe you don't know where the money is going to come from to accomplish what God wants to do through you. Maybe God is calling you to do something incredible, but you're worried. You're thinking, man, I don't have have the money to do that. Maybe you fear failing God and failing those you love. Maybe it's a fear of failure that's keeping you from doing what God has called you to do. Maybe God is calling you to lead a connection group or a cultivate class. And you're afraid that if you take that challenge and you fail, you're going to fail God and you're going to fail the people that you're supposed to be leading. What's another lion that you may be facing? How about whether or not you want to tithe? You don't feel right keeping all of your money, but you can't get yourself to give that 10%. You're you're in this inner battle, this inner struggle. Every Sunday you you don't feel right when you don't give your tithe, but at the same time, you don't give your tithe. It's a battle. You know what the Bible says about tithing, but you don't think you can live off 90% of your income. 
you're struggling financially right now and you know that there's a chance of God's uh, blessing for you tithing, but you haven't stepped out and done it yet. The thought of obeying God and giving your tithe has become a lion in your life. I mean, you don't feel right about it, but you're still not doing it. Ah, that's not a good place to be in. How about you speaking up to your family, friends and co-workers and telling them that you're a Christian? I think everyone at every stage of their life struggles with worrying about what other people are going to say about them. Am I going to come across too fanatical? Am I going to come across narrow-minded? Am I going to come across this way or that? What are people going to think? Everybody at every stage in their life feels this way. You've had opportunities to share your faith, but you're just too fearful. This fear of sharing your faith has become a lion in your life. How about this? How about a struggle with a sin issue? Pornography, lying, stealing, cussing, drugs, alcohol, pride, jealousy, disobedience. Sometimes it's very difficult to overcome a sin issue in in our lives and it turns into a lion. If we don't deal with it, sooner or later we let it go, let it go, let it go, and it has become a lion in our life. Some of you in here this morning are struggling with some of the things I just mentioned, and you just can't seem to get victory over your struggle. You've tried and tried and tried and tried, and you have victory for a little bit, then you fall back into it. Then you have victory for a little bit, then you fall back into it. And you wonder, am I ever going to have victory in this area of my life? You love Jesus and you're committed to Him. It's just you keep falling into the same pattern. And it's become a lion in your life. Some of you are there. Maybe this morning for some of you, you feel like giving up serving God because you can't get this sin out of your life. It's become such a big lion in your life. Some of you are contemplating not even serving God anymore because you can't get rid of this sin in your life. And it's destroying you. It's destroying your confidence. It's destroying your self-esteem. It's destroying your, your intimacy with God. And you've had thoughts of giving up on your relationship with Jesus. Let me encourage you by saying all of us struggle with this. You're not alone. You're not in the boat alone. We all struggle. We all mess up. No one is perfect and God doesn't expect you to be perfect. Whenever you sin, all you have to do is ask God to forgive you and then turn from that sin and go the other way. And if you fall and sin again, you get right back up and you ask for forgiveness and you turn away again. And if you fall and sin again, you get right back up and you ask for forgiveness and you turn away. And if you sin again, you get it? Get back up. Get back up. Don't quit. Don't give up. Let's turn to the book of uh, 1 John and we're going to be reading from the first chapter. When you're there, say, got it. Heard one got it. Anybody else? <laughs> Let me hear one more got it and then I'll go. All right. First John chapter 1 and verse 9 says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is faithful. God is just. If we ask him to forgive us and we're genuine and we repent and turn away from it, he's going to forgive us. He's going to forgive us. What the enemy wants to do 
is He wants to discourage you. And He wants to lie to you and make you think that I'm not truly saved. I'm not truly walking in a relationship with God. If I did, I wouldn't keep messing up with this sin issue. And, and He wants to start to discourage you. He wants to start to get you in a, in a de- state of depression. He wants to sap your confidence. And when He does that, You'll stop doing things for him. You'll stop ministering because you don't have any confidence anymore. You're thinking, how can I minister to my coworker when I'm messing up in this area? How can I, how can I go on that mission trip to Boston if, I, if, I am, if, if, if you know, I'm messing up in this sinish and I can't get victory over it? That's exactly what the devil wants to make you believe. Whatever triggers that temptation to sin, make sure you remove that from your life. For example, if you struggle with pornography and you have uh, you know, a computer in your room, take that computer out of your room and put it in the kitchen in a public place because you're not going to uh, be as apt to look at pornography when everybody can see you. You, know, you need to remove those things that, that trigger that temptation. Not just with pornography, any sin. Whatever triggers that sin, whatever triggers that, that anger in you, you need to remove yourself from that. The Bible doesn't say get as close to sin as you possibly can to show your maturity. It says flee temptation. Get as far away from it as you possibly can. Well, let's move on here. Lion chasers embrace difficult circumstances and use the fear as fuel. They use the fear as fuel to fuel them towards their destiny. You see, Benaiah didn't run from his fear of the lion. He used that fear as fuel to kill the lion. He was like, I either kill this lion or he's going to kill me. I've got two choices. Lion chasers don't allow fear to paralyze them. They use fear to fuel them. Listen to this. Courage isn't the absence of fear. It's continuing on in spite of of those fears. It's not an absence of fear. Anybody that's ever done anything courageous, they did those things in spite of the fear. They didn't they weren't special human beings where they didn't have fear. They had fear just like you and I, but they did what they were supposed to do in spite of all of those fears. When God called my wife and I to this church from San Antonio, there were a lot of fears. What if this job wasn't, wasn't all it cracked up to be? What, what if it wasn't what we signed up for? What if I didn't get along with the pastor or the staff? That's a possibility. What if I leave everything in San Antonio, a comfortable job or friends, and get up here and I fail and the youth ministry doesn't grow? All of these thoughts went through my mind. And you know what else it did? Those fears fueled my decision to come up here. I thought to myself, that might be true, but what if God has something amazing for me and my family up here in Arlington? What if this is the next chapter God, the author and finisher of my faith, has written for my life? And those fears fueled my decision to step out in faith and come up here. Lion chasers understand that God is with them and they're not fighting alone. Everybody say this, I'm not fighting alone. Philippians 4 and 13 says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you decide to chase the lions in your life, God will help you. God will help you. 
If you need to overcome some sort of temptation in your life this morning, God is going to help you. If you need the courage to step out in faith and do what God God has been calling you to do, God is going to help you. He just needs you to step out. He just needs you to believe Him and step out in faith and do what He's called you to do. And He is going to help you. If you're afraid of what is going to happen to your finances, if you start tithing, God is going to help you. God is going to help you. And the truth is, God can do so much more through your 90% than if you have your whole 100%. If you don't know how to talk to your friends, family, or coworkers about God, He is going to help you. If you're going through a struggle this morning, or if you've been standing in the gap this morning for a family member that's sick, a family member that's unsaved, a family member that's going through a terrible situation and it's become a lion in your life remember that God is going to help you remember to use the fear as fuel to propel you into your destiny I I I drive a uh, 1992 Cadillac I love it it's amazing it's like 100% steel I'm not worried if anybody hits me they're going to be in trouble if they hit me uh But I fill up the gas tank in my caddy because I fear getting stuck out somewhere without gas. That fear of getting stuck is what fuels my decision to go to 7-Eleven and fill up my tank. A couple months ago, me and one of my youth leaders, uh, we were heading over to Sam's and my gas tank was on E and I was like, man, I don't want to fill it up right now. So I'm going to, there's a gas station on the corner of, uh, uh, of, of, Sam's Club, and I'll just fill it up over there at the racetrack. And so I get on 20, and I'm driving, and all of a sudden, I start to push on the gas, and my car is just coasting. It's just coasting. I'm like, oh, man. And so I pull off into the, I pull off off 360 and 20, and I have to call a friend, and he has to come and put some gas in my tank. And uh, so make sure your fear fuels you towards your destiny before you run out of gas. That's my advice to you this morning. Because it's not very fun. And I, I, I don't know how many of you are like this. I'm a procrastinator when it comes to filling up my tank. I wait till the last possible minute. I know it's not good for your car. I've been lectured and all that. But I still do it. You know, I, I, you know I'll stop doing it for a couple weeks. And then I'll go back into waiting until the very last minute before I fill it up. So, anyways. And I want to end this morning by saying this. This is my last point this morning. Lion chasers chase lions. Lion chasers chase lions. And could I have the worship team come up? I know I am probably way early here. I I mean, I'm not done, but the worship team's probably not even prepared for this. Uh, But I'm not going to preach as long as pastor normally does. I don't have as many good things to say, so I just uh, try to keep it short and sweet and to the point. But lion chasers chase lions. If you don't chase lions, you're not a lion chaser. If Benaiah decided to run from the lion on that snowy day, and no one would have blamed him for that, he wouldn't have been called a lion chaser. Nobody would have condemned him for it. Nobody would have talked bad about him. Nobody would have called him a wimp. But he would not have been recorded in the book of Samuel as a lion chaser. 
No one made Benaiah chase that lion down and kill it. He decided for whatever reason to do it all on his own. You see, nobody is going to make you kill the lion that's been identified in your mind this morning. As I was talking, you know, in your mind, you're like, man, that's that's become a lion in my life. And this has become a lion in my life. And I need to deal with this lion and that lion. Uh, my, my spouse has become a lion in my life. And, uh, don't don't chase them down into a pit on a snowy day and kill them. That wouldn't be good. But, you know. You, you, there's been some things identified in your mind and in your heart this morning. And no one's going to make you chase that lion down. You've got to do it on your own. Each of us this morning have the same decision that Benaiah had thousands of years ago on that snowy day. And it's this. It's this. Am I going to chase that lion down into a pit? in Texas it might not be a snowy day but am I going to chase that lion down and kill it that's a decision that you have to make just like Benaiah made thousands of years ago it's that same decision that's placed before you this morning I've had to deal since I've gotten received this revelation this understanding I've had to deal with lions in my life that I've run from, that I've been afraid of, that I've made excuses for. But there comes a moment in time where you have to look that lion in the eyes and you've got to decide, am I going to chase this lion down? Whatever it takes. It doesn't matter how far I have to go. It doesn't matter how cold it is. It doesn't matter how bad the weather is. I have to decide, am I going to chase this lion down? Because... I can't run from it anymore. It's there. It's right in front of me. It's growling. Am I going to chase it down or am I going to be chased down? That's a decision no one can make for you. And no one's going to blame you if you decide to run. Chances are nobody is really going to know if you decide to run. No one's going to call you out, but you're going to have to live have to live with the fact that you ran from that lion. I would rather chase down the lion and get bit than live with the regret of woulda, shoulda, coulda. I'd rather get bit. I'd rather have some wounds than be at the end of my life and think, man, I ran from all the lions in my life. I was too afraid. I was too selfish. I was too consumed in my own activities. And so for whatever reason, I ran from that line and I chose the easier path. The path of least resistance. Once we make that decision, we have to identify the lions in our lives, chase them down and kill them. We do. If we don't kill the lions in our lives, guess what? chase us down they're going to rip us apart and they're going to kill us it might not be for a while you might not see the results for a while you might be able to get away with running for a while but sooner or later that lion is going to track you down and that lion's going to get you 
Because the more you run from that lion, the bigger the lion gets. The stronger that lion gets. The faster that lion gets. The more ferocious that lion gets. And the Bible says, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all the devil, that's the devil's destiny, that's the devil's plan, that's that's all the devil has on his to-do list. To kill, steal, and destroy from you. And so if you don't deal with that lion, that lion's going to get strong. That lion's going to get big, and that lion is going to get ferocious, and it's going to get you. I want everybody to bow their heads, close their eyes this morning. Just want to focus, want you to focus. This, This next part of the service is just between you and Jesus. And I want you to really, really focus. I want to ask you a question this morning. Is there a lion staring you down this morning? A temptation. God's call on your life. An act of obedience you've been avoiding. A fear. Are you going to chase that lion down and kill it? Or are you going to run this morning? right now where you're sitting. I just want you to start praying. I want you to start thinking. I want you to start telling God what you want to do with that lion that's been identified this morning. Before we go any further, I just want you to quietly pray in your chair just for a moment and let the Holy Spirit lead you and direct you. Let the Holy Spirit convict you. Let the Holy Spirit bring some things up in your life that you need to deal with. I don't want this to just be a message that stirs you up and then you leave and nothing changes. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you this morning. you're tired of running and you want to face the lions in your life this morning, whatever they may be, I want you to lift up your hand. I want you to lift up your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else in this place this morning? You want to face the lions in your life, whatever they may be, however ferocious they may be. You you want to stop running this morning and you want to deal with them. Is there anybody else? in this place this morning. I want to ask you this before we move forward. Is there anybody in here that you don't have a relationship with Jesus? You, you, uh, you, you've come in here and, and you, you realize I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. How can I chase down a lion? I, I'm not even serving Jesus. If there's anybody in here you don't have a true relationship with Christ you want to receive one today. You want a personal relationship with Christ. Not just going to church, not just hearing a sermon, but you want an intimate relationship with Christ. I want you to quickly lift up your hand. Is there anybody in here? Anybody at all? Anybody at all? I'm not going to take too much time. 
But I want to know if there's anybody in here that needs Jesus, I want you to lift up your hand. Okay. Okay. Well, here's what I want you to do. If you raise your hand that you're, you're deciding today like Benaiah decided to chase down that lion and kill that lion in your life, I want you to get up out of your seat and come forward and we're going to have someone pray with you this morning. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared.